0: To wake me up then Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to start my day than Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to end the day than Kahlua in my coffee cup. Bada ba da Oh, sorry, I was singing again. Welcome to Kahlua in my coffee. Let's give a big round of applause for the jingle singer there, Becky Griswold. But she'll never know if you didn't clap, so we can all just pretend we did. So, today we're going to cover what I like to call despair, repair, and recare. So, let's get the show on the road. There's no time to waste with these topics. So, first segment today is real talk body positive campaigns. Now I know a lot of you have seen in the media that we're celebrating our individuality, our curves, our stretch marks, our scars, our wounds, inner and outer. And it's really important that each of us take the time to celebrate ourselves and celebrate other people. I think it's even more important to celebrate what we don't show on the outside and what we keep on the inside. So with that said, and as somebody myself who's battled my weight most of my life, and I've had to learn to love myself and my body from the inside out, because losing weight doesn't make you love yourself anymore. It just gives you new areas to f- hyper-focus on negatively, and that is first-hand knowledge. So there's a lot of controversy out there, too, about body types, and celebrating you and your body and you having personal empowerment versus unhealthy habits and embracing your body and loving who you are. Now, I say right across the board, it doesn't matter. You need to love yourself, period. But you also need to love yourself enough that you're willing when you do look in the mirror to see that as much as your curves are beautiful, that maybe you're not being as healthy as you can be. And at the end of the day, you know, each of us want to feel accepted and relatable and invited to the table. And we need to see something in ourselves that gives empowerment to both ourselves and other people. And it's really hard to do that, um, especially I know in the generation I've grown up in. Every magazine, every salon, every high-end store, low-end store, billboard, Perfume bottle, it doesn't matter. I was expected to think I needed to look like Kate Moss. And although she's a beautiful woman and striking f- features, she's extremely thin. And that's okay because that's her body type and that's in her DNA. But when you have an unrealistic image said like that growing up as a preteen, teen girl, it can really cause body dysmorphia issues. And, you know, then you add in mental health or traumas or other things that have happened in our lives. And we could take one picture where these jeans were super cute or these converse new colors were super cute. And all of a sudden we're binging and purging because we feel we don't look like the particular ideal on the magazine. So I'm really excited that numerous celebrities and brands, particularly aimed at women, have begun surfing the wave of body positivity. And with that, you know, it makes us all feel like we're a part of it. And at the end of the day, That's really all we want. We don't necessarily want the jeans that have the cute little bottoms or the shoes that have these trendy little, you know, clasps on them. We want to feel that we're seen and we're heard and that we're included. And so the more advertising that's been out there for plus size models or Um, different types of body shape sizes, there's alopecia, there's different skin issues where skin changes color and and splotchiness, you know, psoriasis, all these different things that we each have, that now they're actually starting to show what they previously in advertising had done and photoshopped out. And it's really exciting because we're seeing stretch marks, we're seeing satellite, excuse me, uh, cellulite, and we're seeing body hair. Like, it's not normal. Normal not to have hair bleached, you know, or I should say, it's not normal to bleach your boob hole, and people are doing it because that's what they think they should be doing, and it's like, ugh, no. If that's something you want to do because it makes you feel better or helps you in something in your life, then. I'm all for it. Bleach that baby. But it's not how ideally everybody should be. We're not clones. We need to celebrate our individuality. And we need to embrace what we have. But we also have to remember, as we're embracing ourselves, we need to love ourselves enough to know the difference between unhealthy and healthy, both mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and so forth because you might look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, you are beautiful, you are kind, you can do this, you're a queen, but are you just looking at your face and not your whole body? Are you only focusing on it because someone did it in a video and you thought it was cute? We need to step back from the mirror, both you know physically and metaphorically and see ourselves as a whole person where the mirror is just one reflection of each other and we need to challenge one another to do the same. So with that said, I also wanted to include So for example, per the independent co in the UK, uh, Ashley Graham has been praised for promoting body positive after sharing an unedited nude photo that showed her stretch marks. Yay. Love this woman. I love all that she stands for. I love that she stands up for herself first and everybody else second. And, you know, but along the way, with the Ashley Grahams of the world and whomever else is daring enough to put their real selves out there. Uh, For example, Lizzo, very hot in the news right now. And somebody called her courageous for celebrating her curves. And she clapped back and said, don't celebrate me for being courageous or being risky or putting myself out there. Celebrate me because I'm damn right sexy. And you know what? She's right. We shouldn't be applauded for just simply being ourselves. It is not risky. It is not putting yourself out there just to be yourself. If you feel you need to do that for attention from others, and that's the core reason you're making big waves, then that's when you really do need to take a step back and look in that mirror and think why am I doing this what are my motives is it just for attention is it just to make me feel better because someone else will feel worse that's when this is beyond me helping you this is beyond you being at Jada Pekin's red table which ironically is within my next segment so it's important that things are all tied together at the end but you know, when we are celebrating the Ashley Grahams or the Lizzo's of the world or friends who are willing to go on Facebook and show their shaved heads from their, um, excuse me, this makes me emotional. Obviously, I've been emotional the last couple episodes. But, you know, I have friends that are, are fighting for cancer and it is beautiful that they are daring enough to put their true selves out there and show that they have no hair now. Show that it isn't easy. Show that it's not all just pink ribbons and walks there's really people out there being them true selves and for that we should celebrate but kind of wrapping that back up I think along the way we've forgotten that men too have body issues and we're almost not holding men's advertising, men's magazines, men directive uh, types of uh, content. We're not holding them the same accountable way. We seem to be holding women's fashion and advertising and so forth. And I think almost sometimes men might be more insecure about how they look than even women because they're held to one ideal, one standard we're held to different standards. And they look around and there's only the muscle-bound rock to look at or the muscle-bound high school musical kid who I think is still too young for me to think that he's sexy. But I guess he's 30 now, so it might be okay. But there's really just one ideal. There's no one out there celebrating uh, the intellectually sexy man. Man, a good brain as a, I have a friend that calls it a good brain beep, starts with an S for, F word, because she says it is sexier for a man to screw her with his mind and his intellect than anything physically he could do to her. But we're not celebrating those things. So actually, we're not even celebrating men at all. We're holding them to the standard of you must do this, you must do that, you must look like this. All well, we're like, yay, she's different. She's curvy. She's flawed. She's beautiful. Those are her tiger stripes. So, when did we forget that men are important, too, ladies? When did we forget this? And I think it's important, you know, that males and male models, particularly, have been sexualized. Even as much so as female counterparts, and their physique is always more or less identical. Like I was saying, it's that if you're a man, you have muscles, or you're or you have a dad bod. There's like two categories, or either the Rock, or your you know your your dad bod pre the guy who plays in Jurassic Park, Chris Pratt. You either have the Chris Pratt before I got hot body, or you have the Rock slash Chris Pratt slash High School Musical kid body. So. You know, there's no movements aiming to show diversity amongst male bodies. And in manual.com, it's a British site that created um, the well-being towards the men. It really takes a second to stop and make us all think, why are we holding anybody to any standard? Why do we expect a certain look or only care for a certain way or a certain, you know, style or whatever We're the only ones creating this and we're the only ones who have control over it. And it kind of makes you kind of have one of those, you know, your mind blowing things because you think, well, you know, and you have different excuses and, you know, you scapegoat or whatever. But at the same time, we really are only holding our own ideals. And we're the only people that can change that, whether it be personally or industry wide. So bottom line here for me is we're all perfectly imperfect. And that should be celebrated. My body isn't your body. You know, our focus should shift to healthy versus visual. You should ask somebody, do you feel healthy today? Not, do you look pretty today? Or are you pretty today? You know, ask somebody, are you healthy? Do you feel healthy? Are you making healthy choices? And if our focus would shift from healthy and uh, to healthy away from visual, then maybe the advertising industry would slowly shift as they already slowly are. And, you know, you know, we're kind of brainwashed to believe we're unworthy of obtaining a particular look or a job or a lifestyle if we're not keeping up with the Joneses, i.e. the Joneses being in Forbes or Vogue or Teen Beat, whatever it may be. And it's almost as if they have brainwashed us and imposed pictures or videos that make us think, well, we're not like this, so we have no worth or value. When really we should be taking those videos that we maybe envy or an article we re- reread that made us feel kind of low, like I'll never get there. We need to take an empower our individualism and reach whatever goal we want without comparing ourselves to each other. So if you read an article and you felt like, gosh, I wish I had her arms or I wish I had his style or I wish I could be as healthy as her, you can. Yes. Yes, you can. Stop shaking your head. No. If you got an excuse coming out of your throat that you're going to regurgitate, that is in part the problem. The excuses, the runaround, the escapism, the fantasizing, the living in la la land where you think, well, if I just I'll just wait till the first of the year because then it's a New Year's resolution or I'm just going to wait and finish out these 10 cigarettes and then I'll stop. Or I'm going to start eating healthy tomorrow because this weekend's a big party for football. (sighs) Yeah, you can hear me breathing heavy. I have been that girl, I've been that person, and you just have to do it now. If you go to open your mouth and you feel that there's an excuse or a but I will or anything tied to it, that's totally on you. But if you want to come to the table with, I need help getting to this goal and I'm willing to do anything to get there, I think you might be surprised on how far you come, even if it's never been a success case for you previously. So with all of this, I want to challenge you to live your best life, live your healthiest. No one else can dictate your life. You're the only person, only person in control. Uh, 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 Nope, nope. Don't say your husband, your significant other, your kids. You are the only person in control of your life. With that, be kind, because if you're going through some struggles in your brain and you're fighting an internal, external struggle, so is everybody else. So first and foremost, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Be smart. Research versus believing what you see or read. No, there is not a magic diet that you're going to lose 15 pounds in one week because you drink beet juice. No, 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 there isn't. I don't care if your sister did it. It's not that the beet juice and the one week of holding your breath and standing upside down while you're twirling is what lost the 15 pounds. Lack of calories and more movement are what caused those lack of pounds or the pounds to come off. So, do your research, be smart, don't jump on a fad, don't go take a pill because someone's cousin told you it helped them. It might help you, but try to read the small print before you just jump on a bandwagon because it's a lifestyle, not a one-time-fix-all type thing. So again, be conscious in your choices. Make a mistake along the way, not a biggie. I was talking to a girlfriend last night and she was saying that she had made some choices to start putting herself first and setting boundaries, but she'd been disrailed. So she was trying to get herself back on the, on the tracks. And I said to her, sweetie, I said, life is a journey, not a race and we're not in competition. And I may have done it two years ago, and I might still be on the tracks, but that doesn't mean I can't put an arm out and help get you back on the track and let you just keep chugging along. So I think we need to make sure that we give ourselves forgiveness and adjust and move forward as we hit obstacles. You know, we aren't born with instruction manuals, and no one is equally parented for sure. We all have different life traumas, we endure different life skills, we're just natural DNA, we're born with different um, you know, acuities and we have different ailments and different super power, excuse me, superhero powers. So give yourself, you know, grace and patience. And with that, you can make any, any, any changes that you need. But at the beginning of all this, I want you to take these body positive campaigns and own them for yourself that it is a you positive. And it's not a campaign. It's a lifestyle. So challenge yourself to make the smallest changes, which will lead to the biggest ultimate results. Be kind. Challenge yourself, extend a hand to others, and I think you'll be surprised how much better you feel about yourself, even if the scale's not changing, the new job isn't there, the, you know, being in your own skin will feel more comfortable, and that is exactly what body positive campaigns are relaying. It has nothing to do exactly with just the skin on your body. So we're going to move out of that segment. And that was real talk, uh, being body positive and body positive campaigns. And we're going to roll right into this new segment. Um, This is not one that I've mentioned before. And it is called drum roll. Okay, I'm a horrible drum roller. Self care repair. So let's see how's the best way to start that how you treat the people around you is often a direct reflection of how you treat yourself. Boom, I know, mind-blowing. Or duh, I've heard this before, I totally get it. But do you realize that when you're snappy at somebody at the store or you have no patience for the neighbor who said something to you for the upteenth time or the coworker that drives you bananas because she smiles too much, okay, you and your reaction and how you treat those other people is exactly a reflection on how you're treating yourself. So if you're out of patience, if you're frustrated, if you're upset because somebody smiles too much at you, yeah, I'm gonna call you out on that, that's you. And if you can change how you talk to yourself, you can change the world. No, you heard what I said. If you can change the talk to yourself, the self-negative talk that goes on in your brain that nobody else sees, but kind of comes out in the way you treat other people, you can change the world. may not be the whole world. It might be your world. It might be in the walls of your home. It might be at work, but it's the world you live in and it is changeable and it's a 100% about the way you think towards yourself and act towards yourself that will spiral positively to everything else in your life. So I was reading an article on exonicole.com, and as I mentioned in the last segment, it happened to have Jada Peekett-Smith talking about her journey. And for any of you that have seen Facebook's Red Table, um, I guess it's not a TV show, but a streaming show with that Jada Pekent hosts with her mom and her daughter sometimes and various people that she knows, she goes deep, like real deep. Like you just go, Whoa, Whoa. Okay. She went there. We're going to ride this ride with her. And she was the one to say, you know, you often treat the people around you the way is a direct reflection of how you treat yourself. And she went on to say, um, her love that she gives to people is like water. It's abundant. It's overflowing. But when she forgot to love herself or water herself, she ran dry and chaos ensued. And she ended up in what she called a chronic half-assed kind of environment. So she found she invested in half-assed business deals. She had sex with half-assed romantic partners. And most importantly, she half-assed herself. And it came as a detriment to her spiritual, mental, and physical health. She phoned it in. She's basically saying she half-assed it. She phoned it in. And when she stopped giving herself the drink of water first, everything else dried out. Same reason they tell you to put your oxygen mask on before you even put it on your own kid or the neighbor sitting next to you on the flight. If, God forbid, the oxygen mask drops. There is a reason You have to drink the water before you share it. There's a reason you have to put the oxygen on before you pass to somebody else. If you are not living, breathing, functioning, you are no good to anybody else. If you are everyone in your family's go-to person, if you're the hero at work because you work 60 hours a week, even though you're really only getting paid for 39, who is that benefiting? Well, could it be benefiting your family, your job? Yeah, sure. If you weren't there tomorrow, would they notice? Eh, maybe. But at the same time, it's only benefiting them on a very um, surface level. But that little extra bit you think is helping them is undertow dragging you to the bottom of the swamp. And if you're not drowning yet, you will be. Because you have unintentionally put yourself last and the weights will bury you and pull you under faster than you thought you could swim. And then it's too late. You start half-assing things like Jada Pinkett Smith says, you phone it in. And that's when, you know, there's no one else to blame. And if that deficit is there and your joy, your energy, your passion was gone, that it's not work. It's not the family. It's not this emergency. It's not this trauma. Um, I hate to break this to you, but the culprit of where you're depleted is 100% you. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The culprit of your unhappiness or your drowning or you feeling taken advantage of or can't come up for air because you feel that you're needed in 12 places The culprit of that isn't your significant other. It is not your job. It is not your life circumstances. The culprit is you. You're the only person responsible for the way you are feeling right now. You heard me. Uh Uh-uh. No more excuses. I don't want to hear but, but my this just died or but that just happened. No. No. If you're unhappy, if you're so self-depleted that you're ugging, even doing things that you enjoy, it's you, you're the culprit, okay? And the only person that you can hold accountable is you. Accountability is 100% in your control. No one else is to blame, no one else is the scapegoat. If you really think that there is someone else to blame, then you are even more so the problem than I first thought. So to gain back the control, you've got to start making yourself a priority. Stop making yourself half an ass because you're half-assing everything if you're doing it to yourself. You give not a whole person to anybody else when they truly are needing you because you're already half-assing it. And if you're going in with half a person or half a mind or half an effort, you're really no good to anybody. And you're definitely um, imperatively just 100% no good to yourself. So are you thinking, well, if I stopped doing this, I would possibly have someone upset with me or lose a friend. Yes, yes, you will. And those are the first people that needed to go anyway, because if somebody can't support you being at your healthiest and your happiest and you no longer half-assing it, then yes, um, they probably will stop wanting to be around you because they're not getting what they needed out of you. And that's called somebody who's a user. And if you're okay with a sucker fish stuck up against your butt and sucking everything out of you, and that's the only way you can function... No, the rest of this podcast is not for you. But if you're somebody who feels that you do deserve to be at the top of the heap once in a while, then you're you're going to want to keep hearing what I have to say. So will you putting your best interests first upset others? Heck right. If you're doing it right, sure as heck, yes, it will you should be pissing off a few people along the way because you've never set those boundaries before. And if you've got to draw the line in the sand and you're like, look, I'm not a short order cook. Dinner's at six. And if you're home after six, I'm not going to cook you something different because everybody else ate the food and walk away. Yes, mom, it's that simple. You set the boundaries. Will they scream and cry and slam a door? Probably. Will they go fix themselves a sandwich when they get hungry enough? Damn right, They will. Will they even care in the morning that you made that line in the sand? Nope. Because guess what? It's going to become a habit because they're going to know in the future what your boundary is, what's going to happen if they need to cross it, and what's not going to happen. Okay. And will you begin to see your own value? Heck yeah. You're going to realize how much more valuable you are to yourself and others when you release the little things and you start putting yourself first and when you will you find yourself no longer at war with the world and thinking everything is everybody else's fault and it's because you have a hard job and you have a husband who's not helpful around the house and blah, yeah 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 yes you will find that you are no longer at war with the world when you start putting yourself in the front and stop half-assing it so are you thinking gosh This feels kind of selfish to put myself before others. Is anybody thinking that? Yeah, you know, I thought that when I first did this a few years ago. But like I was saying earlier, you're no good to anybody else until you're good to yourself. And there will be pushback. Oh, let me tell you, there will be pushback. And the new boundaries, it'll take adjustment time. Yes, yes, it will. Will anybody die over you putting yourself first or you having a cutoff time on when you're willing to do things or you simply saying the word no when somebody asks you a question that you've answered yes to a million times absolutely not absolutely not there will be nobody dying over it there might be a few people jumping ship, but hey, you know what? The rats are the first to go when, this, when the ship starts to sink. Sayonara, sucker! Let them go. So, there isn't any expectation that everything will magically happen overnight. That I do not guarantee. It takes time, it really does start with the smallest changes. So with that, I created a self-care bingo. Yes, bingo as in bingo. I'm 70 and I'm at the bingo hall. And you can find that on my Facebook, Instagram, or in my Facebook chat group. So it's super fun, super easy. And I really want to challenge you guys to do something this week. Read over the self-care bingo and find the line or two lines or shoot, black it out, baby, that you want to do. And take a picture of you doing one of them or take a quick little 30 second clip of you going, I'm doing this square on the bingo board, in my coffee. This is me putting myself first. And you'll find it's little things like take a half an hour out and read a book, write a letter to a friend you haven't talked to in a really long time, take a bath, go get a bath bomb. Yes, jump in. It's the littlest things like that. So I challenge you this week to upload any of the you doing anything that's self-care related. Well, shoot, if there isn't even something on the board that you like to do, upload it anyway. Maybe I could create a bigger board and we'll have like, you know, jumbo bingo or something next time. But I want to say that You might find the littlest, littlest, littlest refresh for yourself has the biggest impact on somebody else because guess what? They saw you doing it. And it's contagious and it's infectious. And if we all intentionally try to put ourselves first and put it out there that we're putting ourselves first, then I think we'll all start to see that shift. So we all will start feeling just a little bit better about ourselves. So. Moving forward, so I wanted to have a little bit of fun here, and I'm running a little longer than I normally do, but I, I wanted to kind of lighten things up in general. Life can be tough. I've given you some ideas on how to self-love and how to self-care, but now I'd like to move on to a little bit of life pulpery, and another thing I'd like you to challenge yourself to do, have fun at work or fun things to do in the office, which I found on a time to laugh.org. You know, the workplaces where we usually spend one-third, yes, I said one-third or more of our lives. Jeez, gosh, that sounds disgusting when it comes out of your mouth. And there are times at work where things need to be fun and we need to be laughing. And... I, I reminded me of a few things I've done while working um, in office environments or with large teams. And it's kind of fun to play a little prank um, on somebody and just, you know, uh, nothing to, you know, embarrass or anybody's expense, but just the little things. And so when I was reading over this article, there's lots of things where it says, like, uh, run around to people's cubicles and act like you're on the radio and say, The coast is clear, the coast is clear. And, you know, whistling uh, something like, And saying, Coast is clear, man. And then, like, you're an FBI agent, and people are like, wait, what? Coast is what? (laughs) And then walking into someone's cube one time, uh, you know, with a remote control and trying to change the channel on their screen and saying something like, I'm just trying to find the blue screen of death channel so I can see if it matches the one on mine. I mean, it's just the littlest, quirkiest things. But You know, what it did remind me of is the best practical joke story I have ever heard first person, and I can attest this is 100% true, and this actually happened. My cutest-can-be mother-in-law tells me when she retired, now she's 90 now, mind you, so when she retired working for good old Pac Bell in the day, I don't even know who owns them right now, but back in the day, Pacific Bell telephone company, mostly West Coast um, of the U.S., and she retired from working with them 30-some-odd years, and they had a big retirement dinner, per se, for anybody retiring that year. And as they, excuse me, as they went through their keynote speakers, you know, they did all their blah-blahs and da da dahs she knew that soon um, they were going to be done, And that they would do the thank everybody for coming. There's tea and crumpets and blah, blah, blah. See you Monday, whenever it was. And she knew she had a good five or six minutes before everybody would be getting up to possibly run for the restroom or go make themselves that cup of tea or coffee to finish out their their evening. And what she did is she ran to the women's restroom. And I'm not, this is not a joke. This actually happened. She filled every toilet in the women's restroom with goldfish. Yes. Goldfish. Now I don't want to hear from the PETA people right now. Okay. This was in the early eighties. Okay. So it's not anything she's done recently, but she literally put goldfish in each of the toilets at this retirement dinner. And then quirky her kind of snuck back into the banquet room and, you know, kind of a fly on the sidewall as everybody piled out to get into the bathroom. She heard the loudest screams, the loudest giggles, and hands down has been the legendary story through the telephone company world since then. So I challenge you to find your goldfish in the toilet and make somebody else laugh and smile this week because, life is hard enough and we've got to be able to just have some fun sometimes. So I'm going to wrap things up today and I want to remind everybody I'm still looking for a few Dear Kalua segment questions. So if you have an anonymous question you'd like me to answer on another episode you know send me your craziest unexpected or oh no she didn't ask that question to at mail.com, or you can private message me on Facebook or post it within the Facebook group chat if you don't want it to be anonymous. Um, The self-care bingo image will be up on Facebook, Instagram, the chat group, wherever else I magically sprinkle it. So I want you to enjoy your week thinking of things to put similar to goldfish in the toilets and pop on over to my chat group and share your funny office pranks that you've either done or that you think you're going to do now because you've been inspired. Next week you have common sense for the masses to look forward to and things we don't talk about but we should be. You will definitely want to tune in next week. Be prepared for some heavy subject matter, and I will reveal something very near and dear that I know will help other people, and I'm willing to do that if it means one other person in this world felt better about themselves. So definitely don't want to miss next week. Where to find me in the meantime? I think I've finally figured out the universe, and I should be up on all streaming accounts now, like SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, and many, many more. I'm hoping you can just Google my name soon enough, and poof, you'll be able to listen to me. But we're not quite there yet. Again, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I look forward to seeing everybody in my VIP chat group, because that's where the real fun happens. And at the end of the day, I. know I'm nobody's cup of tea, but I'm definitely someone's Kahlua in my coffee. Hit the jingle, Becky! No better way to wake me up than Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to start my day than Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to end the day than Kahlua in my coffee cup.